0: Hello, my dudes, and welcome the Frick back to the pod. Today's podcast is mainly an advice podcast, and I'm very excited because I find it very pleasurable to focus on other people's problems. I'm uncomfortable that I said the word pleasurable. I think it should be deleted from most people's vocabularies. Anyway, um, yeah, so we're going to get into some of those in just a little while, but first um i've got a couple stories for you so i'm gonna tell stories about self-advocacy which is very important you gotta speak up for yourself you gotta know especially when you're in the right (laughs) to be able to speak up to yourself to yourself hey you you listen to me make your fucking bed all right you're right you're right you're right it's 2 p.m It's about time. Um, Yeah, so there's that. And before we get started, of course, as always, I gotta give a shout out to my patrons. We have a new patron, everybody. Are you excited to meet him? I am too. His name is Matt at Protronics. I don't know what the app Protronics is. I thought that that would be a social media username, um, but it's not. So, hi, Matt. Thank you so much for becoming a patron. Thank you for supporting the podcast. It means so very much to me. And as always, we have our sponsors. These are my number one dudes, and I appreciate you guys so, so very much. I don't let you know enough. Even though I say it in every episode, I honestly should say it every day. The first thing I should do when I wake up, gratitude journal, first thing in the morning, say thank you sponsors. You guys are wonderful, and you make this podcast much better for me, okay? So thank you. Uh, we have to give shouts out to Hannah Baker, Lauren Thomas, Eric Courtright, Lily Dillon, and Liz Walsh. And love you. What was I thinking? I always forget that love you is on a different... Section and love you, of course. I still don't know who love you is. There's an anonymous sponsor whose name is just love you, and their email address on Patreon doesn't give me any more information. So I don't know, but anyway, I love you guys. Thanks so much. So let's get right into it. Um, before I get into those stories, actually, I just want to take this opportunity to remind you to vote and make sure you're registered. Um, if you are over 18 in the United States and you're not voting, I swear to God, don't you dare listen to this podcast, delete it, never listen to it again. I honestly, I cannot associate with adults who are in this political climate who could, you know, get out there and vote and do something nice and, uh, don't choose to do that. So please, please, I don't want to kick you out of the podcast family. Just vote, please. Please, literally, even if you're a Republican. Obviously, everyone knows I'm very liberal, so I'm voting for Democrats. We're trying to flip Congress. Um, But anyway, even those of you who are more conservative, I appreciate your views. I appreciate your comments. I love having discussions on this podcast. But I want you to vote, too. I want everybody to vote. I want uh, there to be no voter suppression. But apparently, there's already been some bullshit going on. Classic shit. Most people probably don't hear about it, but during primaries or election seasons, when there's a big surge in voter registrations, we saw this in, um, I don't know if it was in the primaries or in the actual general election. I think it was in the primaries. 2015. Um, (laughs) there are people who get knocked off of the voter registration lists, like, inexplicably. People who are regular voters, um, So there's no reason for their registration to get thrown out, um, and suddenly they're off the list, and they can't vote. That is voter suppression, and it is strategic, and this is not going to be a political podcast, but I just had to get into it, because apparently there's some shit going on in Georgia, um, where people with hyphenated last names, like, if they didn't put the hyphen correctly on their voter registration, their uh, registrations have been put on hold. Just some arbitrary rule to try to get people to not be able to vote. It's so ridiculous. We should just have everyone be able to vote. There should be same-day voter registration. All of these methods that make voting more complicated is what does succeed in suppressing the vote. So, anyway, I get heated. I've changed almost all of my social media bios and handles and stuff to... Um, Voting relevant things because everybody says it's it's October. It's spooky season. Um, my Twitter name is Congress is spooky. Vote <laughs> because honestly, okay, what's scarier than um, Congress right now? Climate change. Honestly, I got a question about climate change. Um, somebody asked. Um, because there's there's been an, an article going around a story that's saying basically in 12 years, by 2030, there will be catastrophic climate um, effects, and it will be too late. It's already too late. But honestly, it makes me so angry every day to think about the fact that <sighs> no matter what scientists say, whether it was like the very first... People who were realizing the impacts of fossil fuels, like, back in the 70s. The first scientists to speak up about climate change, global warming back then. Um, the, per- the first people to warn everyone, like, yo, if we continue on this path, especially if it's accelerating as it is, um, we're going to fuck ourselves out of a planet. And somehow we have ignored that. We, as in corporations and governments, have ignored that for decades. And we are at such a dire point. Honestly, 20 years ago, we were at a dire point. But, you know, year after year now, we're having record-breaking heat, record-breaking storms, natural disasters. And still, a lot of our representatives try to say they don't believe that climate change is happening or that it's human um, it's caused by human activities, and that's purely because they are probably um, they are probably tied to the fossil fuel industry, so they don't want to speak out against it. Um, but it's just like, dude, we need crackdowns. Like people are like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna lower our emissions by twenty 20% percent by twenty fifty. It's like fuck off. No, we need to lower our emissions by half in the next like five years. Like those are the kind of moves that we need to be making. Um, And it's just really scary. So not to freak you guys out, I'm starting out the podcast with a bit of heaviness, um, politically, socially, environmentally, as always. Um, But honestly, dude, like, how is that not the number one priority? Like, I don't, I mean, capitalism, honestly. Profits are the number one priority. Um, But it's sickening to think that there are so many companies that could make such a difference if they change their corporate policies. And yes, it would be expensive, but like... What's more worth it than our literal planet, the only place we have to live? (sighs) I swear. It's got to just be old-ass people who are selfish, who are like, yeah, I've got kids and grandkids and great-grandkids, but, like, I'm about to die, and I want to make this money. It's more important to me to leave a huge fortune for my family than a livable planet, so I'm just going to keep on rocking and rolling with these fossil fuels and not give a fuck. (sighs) It's not fine. It's not fine, but okay. So I'm going to get into our stories that are a bit more lighthearted about self-advocacy. So the other day at Starbucks, Nathan deviated from his standard, this sounds like math, standard deviation. What is the standard deviation of Nathan ordering a different drink than usual? He usually gets a Grande or Venti soy vanilla latte, extra hot. In case any of you are wondering what to get Nathan if you see him at Starbucks... (laughs) but um he gets that like almost 100% of the time it's very rare that he'll have something else um we go to Starbucks we walk in but we mobile order because I guess we want to avoid social interaction um and jump the line so we walk in order our drinks on the apps and then just wait for our drinks um so I ordered my drink and then he ordered his and then I picked up my drink and he's like oh I tried something new and I was like "Uh uh-oh What is it? And he says, This is the uh, almond protein cold brew. And I was like, Oh no. It's like, Nathan, you should have asked me. Oh no. And he's like, What? What? And I was like, It tastes horrible. He's like, Oh, have you tried it? I was like, No, but I've heard that it's horrible. It's made with pea protein, it's shitty and he was like what and like he was mad at me for telling him that it tasted bad even though he hadn't received the drink yet i was like dude i don't know maybe you'll like it like again i haven't tried it i've just heard that it's horrible um but yeah give it a try so the drink comes up um and and he's like can you try it first and i was like yeah sure um i try it and i'm like "Mm, oh no oh no it's horrible and then he tries it and he's like what the, that is disgusting, what the fuck is that, um, and I was like, yeah, it's pretty sad, freaking Starbucks, how classic is this, they come out with, like, uh, a vegan drink, like, not very many of their drinks come vegan, like, you can make most of them vegan, but whatever, so they come out with this drink that sounds very appealing, it's almond milk based, there's some kind of protein in it, and cold brew, that sounds like a delicious, nutty, cold brew, like, protein drink, which might be good, you know, But no, apparently it's made with pea protein, which makes it taste fucking disgusting. And it just overloads any of the other flavors. So anyway, um, then Nathan's like, all right, let's leave. And I was like, what, dude, get like, get a refund. And he's like, you can't just get a refund because you don't like the drink. And he leaves, we get to the car. And I was like, babe, (laughs) please get a refund. I worked at Starbucks, I know you can. He's like, you can't just get a refund because you don't like the taste of something. And I was like, no, this is Starbucks. I know the policy. Like, you can literally go in there and just be like, I don't want this. Give me my refund. And they're like, yes, anything for you. Um, Starbucks really will almost never refuse the customer. So I was like, dude, I swear to God, I'm not going to let you waste $5. The other day he got a latte and it tasted off and he didn't realize until we drove away. And then he was like, ah, $5 wasted. So we'd already had a bad week for coffee for him. And I was like, dude, stop wasting your money. Let's get a refund. So I was like, you know what? I'll go in, I'll say it, okay? I'll be brave. Because I don't know about you, but like, I feel like there are two types of people. There's the type of person who's like, they'll let me speak to the manager. I will always, you know, get a refund when I want it or I will get whatever. Like they have no fear when it comes to speaking to cashiers or whatever. And then there's other people like me usually, who literally, there were so many times in France where I would order my drink with soy milk, and then see them put dairy milk in it, and then I would take it and just go, merci, (laughs) and then just fucking walk out and throw it away. I was like, I just wasted five euros. Um, Yeah, I'm like, well, okay, in France it was justified, because I didn't really know how to explain in French, well, I guess I would know how to explain it, but like, I don't really want to argue about a bad drink in French. When I'm not confident. But even in English sometimes, I'm just like, Ugh, it's not worth it. But then I'm like, it is worth it. If it's $5, if it's whatever amount of money, especially when it comes to a drink that can so easily be remade, like, I feel like that's okay. And especially at Starbucks when that's the policy. But like, if I were to like go to a restaurant and have a meal that was like gross, I would just be like, oh, well, that's my fault. I shouldn't have ordered a gross meal. Whatever. I would take the L. But um, yeah, I was like, this is Starbucks. We've got to do it. So we walk in there and I talked for him. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, and I was just like, don't worry. Here, I got this. And I was like, hi, uh, we just wanted to try this almond protein cold brew. And it's just not good. And I could see the cashier. The cashier was like, oh, what drink? Yeah. Um, and I was like, can we get a refund for this? And he's like oh uh i think i haven't done a refund before he was new um so he brings over like the manager or the supervisor and she was like what drink is that the almond protein cold brew and she's like yeah (laughs) and i was like see everyone knows like this drink is not good universally i don't know how it was passed through the ranks of starbucks and brought all the way to every store because it's disgusting like what group of people were like Yeah, that's great. The vegans will love it. Everyone will love it. No, it's trash. It's so gross. But anyway, yeah, they processed the refund. They were like, do you want another drink or just a refund? He's like, ah, just a refund. Because it was like after work. We like to go to Starbucks when he gets home from work because I want to go out in the world and I just want my decaf iced latte. Um, But anyway, yeah, it it was a very powerful moment. We got back in the car and he was like, you know what? Thank you thank you and i was like i would do that for you anytime i will get you your 5 dollars back if you try a disgusting drink at starbucks cuz that's the policy anywhere else i probably wouldn't argue um, <laughs> there was one time that um, it was the opposite situation i was trying to return a jacket that i bought like a coat it was like a 100 dollar coat i think i bought it at like a nordstrom rack in california um, I bought it with the intent of wearing it in the winter in New York, and then I was like, this just, I'm not going to wear this. Um, I don't know if I took off the tags or if I lost the receipt. Something happened. And I was like, oh God, I'm not going to be able to return it, even though I haven't worn it. It was my fault. Why did I take the tags off? Blah, blah, blah. And then um, Nathan forced me to go return it and go be brave and at least ask. And then it worked, and it was all smooth. And he was like, see, <laughs> he's like, it's not that hard. And I was like, okay, fine. It's like, are you happy you did it? And I was like, yes, I have $100 back now. And a coat that I didn't need has been returned. So, anyway, returning things is scary. But sometimes it has to be done. Um, my next story is one of my proudest achievements. Definitely one of my top achievements of the month. Um, so, I explained this on my vlog channel um, a little bit. um no, I didn't really get to explain it yet. Hell yeah, this is the first time I'm explaining the full story. Basically, I am kind of scared of dentists because I'm scared of getting ripped off. So, in the last year, I have spent, like, over two thousand twenty five hundred dollars getting various things done wisdom teeth pulled cavities filled regular cleanings and stuff and so i'm a little bit scarred because every time i go to the dentist it's never just a simple cleaning blah 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 um so anyway i went to try this new dentist and my insurance would cover my cleaning x-rays all the basic stuff so i was expecting to go to go in there and not have to spend anything extra um And so I go in and we do my cleaning and everything's good. Um, And then the dentist is like, oh, but there is one thing. You've got a little bit of gum detachment on your back molars, all four of them. And we've got this antibiotic that is called Restin, which you can actually um, just push down into the gum line. And then it will work on that area and it will help clean the gums. And then the gums will be able to reattach and your gum pocket depth will improve. And the way that she explained it in that moment was like she pulled up a little diagram and she's like, see, this is how far you can clean when you're brushing or flossing. This is how far I can clean. And then this is you know, the area where you need an antibiotic that can reach further than the instruments can. So I assumed naturally that, oh, if she's telling me this and recommending this antibiotic, that uh, it must be too deep and that I must need it. So anyway. I was like, oh, okay. And I'm trying to be a better advocate for myself again. So I was like, I'm not just going to say yes. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to try to understand all of this before I commit to it. And so I was asking questions, blah, blah, blah. And then she was like, you know, you just had a cleaning done, so this is the perfect time to do it. Um, It'll be quick, it doesn't hurt too much. You know, we just boom, 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 and then you're done. And I was like, well, what's the cost? And I explained to her that I have spent so much money um, in the past year, and that, you know, I'm scared of paying for things that aren't completely necessary, whatever. Um, And she was like, well, the cost is $86. Per tooth, and I was like, "Oh my God! Eighty six times four is three hundred and forty four dollars." And I was like, "Oh, I feel like I've been punched in the gut." I was like, "Okay, well," she was like, "Well, you know, if you if you don't treat, you know, your gum problems, it's possible that they will continue to um, disconnect from your teeth, and then people have." Loose teeth that can fall out. You can get infections and other problems. And I was like, oh, fuck. Okay, bone loss. Great. I was like, okay, well, then I guess we have to do it. So we did it. It took just a minute. It was very painful because she's injecting with this little thing. She's shooting these tiny little capsules into my gum line four times without any kind of anesthetic. And I was like, ouch. Um, My whole mouth was throbbing. And I paid $344, and they gave me a free t-shirt that says, hashtag smile. You know what? I'm going to grab it. I have it still, which is really funny. Um, I'm trying to not show the actual dentist office, which is on the back. They gave me this shirt. Hashtag (laughs) smile. And um, so I waited for Nathan to pick me up, and my mouth fucking hurt. Like, obviously, usually when you get dental stuff done, you're numb, so you're not feeling it. And she said it wouldn't hurt, but it fucking hurt. Like, stabbing something into my gums. So, um, yeah, it hurt. And then as soon as I got home, I wanted to research more about this antibiotic, Restin. So I was Googling and reading about it, blah, blah, blah. Mostly I just found information that said basically, like... Usually for any kind of gum issues like periodontitis, gum disease, um, you can do deep cleanings that are called scaling and root planing, um, which basically reach as deep as possible. Um, and that, you know, is a full procedure. You have to get all numbed up because they're going like way deep in your gums, which doesn't sound nice. Um, but, um, yeah, usually you would use that, you would clean like that and then do the arrest in and... There were a lot of dentists in different forums and websites talking about whether they think Arrestin is even worth using because they were comparing the results of just doing the cleaning on its own plus comparing the results of a cleaning with Arrestin. And the differences were so slim, especially compared to the high price, which is not covered by insurance, that they were like, oh, I don't really recommend this to my dentist or my patients And um, I was like, hmm, that's cool. My dentist just recommended this thing, and I found out that it might not really improve anything. Great. Um, But I didn't really think much about it. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I want to spend money investing in my health, and I guess it's worth it. I don't want to take any risks. I don't want to risk losing my fucking teeth because I was too cheap, you know? So I didn't think about it, and then a couple days later, I was making a video about my teeth for my vlog channel, and it occurred to me that she had not told me the actual numbers, the measurements, because they're supposed to tell you in millimeters, (laughs) millimeters, um, the actual depths. So I was like, huh, that's weird. And my sister was like, dude, like when I go for a cleaning, they're telling me tooth by tooth every single one, like they should be telling you that. And I was like, oh shit. And then um, I called the dentist... And I was like, hey, could you give me the measurements I was just in, like, last week? And the office manager was like, um, I will have the dentist call you back. And I was like, okay, cool. And then over the long weekend, nobody called me, and I was like, oh, it's a holiday, it's fine. And then, um, Tuesday came, and I called back, and I was like, hey, it's me, (laughs) can you have the dentist call me back? Dentist didn't call me again the next day, um... I asked again, and he was like, oh, Miss Ferguson, it is four millimeters, bye, and just hung up on me real fast, and I was like, oh, okay, four millimeters for each of my teeth, Um, and I was like, all right, well, at least I know the number, <sighs> but then I went and did more research. I know this is a long story, but you have to know all the details to understand. Um, I go and I find on the Arrestin website this whole, like, pamphlet informational page, And it basically shows, I'll put this on the video podcast. Um, So let me write that down. 20 minutes. You guys are always like, make sure you add graphics or things when you're talking about something. When I'm editing the video for this, I cannot sit through the whole hour at that time. I just try to put it together and then I'll add things where it's like very necessary. But anyway, um, I'm going to add that. So there was this graphic that shows... Again, the exact depths that each type of cleaning can reach. Scaling and root planing can reach 5 millimeters. And then 5 millimeters and worse, like 5 to 9 millimeters, is when arrestin is recommended in addition to scaling and root planing. And I was like, hmm, all of my molars were at 4s. And they didn't even recommend scaling and root planing, SRP. But they went straight to Arrestin, which is supposed to be used in addition to this deep cleaning, SRP. And I was like, excuse me, I smell a scandal. Um, So I keep doing this research, and then I call the dentist, and I was like, "Um," first I talked to the office manager, because I was like, I don't know how to go about this, but this just doesn't seem right, and I hate the thought of being given and charged. $350 $350 for an unnecessary procedure. So I call and I'm like, hi, it's Tiffany. <laughs> it's me. And I'm like, uh, I just kind of j- explained the general situation again. He was like, I will have the dentist call you back tomorrow. And she never calls me back. So I was like, okay. The next day they didn't call me and I just decided to write an email. So I wrote this long ass detailed email with a little screenshot. A literal screenshot. Sorry, I'm getting too excited. A screenshot of the graphic from the website. And I was like, basically, like, directly from Arrestin, they say that this needs to have SRP, and they recommend it at 5 millimeters. Like, this just doesn't add up to me. Why would the dentist recommend this when it's not used in combination like it should be with SRP? And my gums were at four millimeters. I would understand if she had said, hey, let's bring you in for a deep cleaning. Like, you're not at five millimeters, but let's not let it get worse. But it didn't make sense that she would not recommend a deep cleaning at all. She didn't mention that at all. I had to go home and do this research to find out all of this. And then there was this whole thing like, so they're injecting this capsule into your gums, and there's a lot that you can do in the first few days to like dislodge the capsule which essentially ruins the antibiotic treatment obviously so like you're not supposed to floss back there or mess up like that part of the gum um and you need to eat very carefully you can't eat certain foods that may risk dislodging the capsule and she didn't tell me any of this um so <laughs> i was like hmm, wow um so basically i was just like dude like she didn't even give me like she didn't give me the full story she didn't give me my measurements right away she should have done that at the appointment when she was talking about all of this she should have recommended sorry i just kind of burped cute she should have recommended a deep cleaning yada yada so i send them this big ass email directed to the dentist and then i say please call me back she calls we discuss it Um, And she was trying to justify her reasoning, but I was still like, this just still doesn't make sense. Why would you do this? Blah, blah, blah. And I get, she's a dental professional. I'm just a customer who's reading shit online. But I'm reading straight from the antibiotics website. And it's like brochures. It's pamphlets. This is how it's supposed to be administered. I was like, this just doesn't add up. And this is an expensive thing, so I'm not taking it lightly. If total this were like $100 or less, maybe I wouldn't have been so angry about it, but I literally got a paycheck for like $400 that day and then had to spend 350 on it for this fucking treatment. So I was mad, um, especially if it's not justified and it wasn't done right. So anyway, I talked to her. She said I'd have to talk to the billing person, which is the office manager. So this took like a whole week because I would call them. They'd say they'd call me back. They wouldn't call me back. And I was like, okay, clearly they're ignoring my calls now because every time I call, they used to pick up at the first ring and now they just let it go to voicemail. So I finally emailed the office manager after he missed my call again. And I was like, look, I don't want to waste too much of each of our times continuing to talk about this, but basically, like, it just was not right for her to recommend this medication. It wasn't administered with the right deep cleaning, which means it probably wasn't effective at all. And making me pay $350 and not explaining how this works was just wrong. So we argued a little bit. He called me back. And then um, he... I don't know. We went back and forth and I was just very, very firm, which I get scared, dude, especially phone calls. I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to be passive. I have to be strong and be like, no, this is what I want. I demand a full refund. Um So, yeah, he was like, he was asking questions, clarifying some things, but not in like a friendly or helpful way, like kind of a defensive way, which makes sense. Um, But So then uh, he was like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want a full refund. And he goes, a full refund? And I say, a full refund. He goes, you think that's fair? And I go, yes, for a treatment that was unnecessary because... Um, A deep cleaning, SRP, whatever, should have been recommended first, and the arrestin should have been administered with a deep cleaning. Yes, I think it was unnecessary, this was administered incorrectly, and I deserve a full refund because this service, treatment, whatever, should not have happened. And he goes, all right, I will process your refund of $340, goodbye. Oh, my (sighs) camera just stopped recording. Anyway, um, yeah, dude, (sighs) let me start this camera because we have to get my reaction for this. Thanks, hello. Hi, I'm back. Um, So yes, I finally got my refund and I was like, I was literally high, dude. I was like, hell yeah, I got my money back. I was right. They should not have done this. And I'm glad that I advocated for myself because like, you know, I mean, I don't know. At first, I wasn't even gonna ask for a full refund. I was like, oh, maybe I could get like 250 back or 200. Nathan's like, dude, get a full refund. At least go in aiming for a full refund. And I was like, you know what? You're totally, totally right. So, anyway, those are my stories of self-advocacy. I'm very proud of them. (laughs) I don't know how some of you feel about that, but, you know, again, I'm not one to wrongfully ask for a refund. Like, I'm not trying to scam anybody, but if I feel like I've been scammed or I haven't received my money's worth for something or whatever, then I don't want to be afraid of speaking up for myself because nobody else will and losing your hard-earned money in a stupid way is never fun. All right, I'm going to take a break for a second and then we'll get back with some advice questions. Peace. Why did I do this? Oh god, goodbye. And we're back. All right. Now we're going to get into some advice questions. So I asked you guys on Instagram if you had any questions, um, and I'm going to keep them all anonymous. So let's just let's jump right into it. First question. Hi, B X X O X. You know how you took a gap year and have been dealing with your college situation? do you ever feel like you're behind everyone else? Because sometimes I feel like my personal choices about college have meant that I can't keep up. And I know it's like, who cares what people think, but also sometimes we all care a little. So do I feel like I've been left behind slash do I care about people's opinions of what I'm up to? Um, So far, no. I mean, sometimes I'm like, ugh. So many people from my high school and my graduation year just graduated or graduated early, um, and a lot of people are graduating this year, but then I'm like, you know what, I still have friends who are still doing college, and it's just a journey, dude. Like, who cares? And I know, that's easy to say. Um, It does help that I'm away from my hometown and I'm, like, not in contact with anybody, so it's not like I have anybody being like, oh, Tiffany, what have you been up to since high school? Oh, still making YouTube videos? Great. Heard you uh, went to college. Oh, you kind of dropped out? I'm like, oh, no, I wouldn't say I dropped out. I just haven't been enrolled in a year or so. (laughs) Um, But honestly, like, I'm glad that I'm not in contact with a lot of people from high school, except my friends who, you know, they keep up with me and they know what I'm up to. um, And they wouldn't judge anyway. But it's like... um, it is hard. It's it's definitely normal to look at how other people's lives are going, especially when it comes to the standard high school, straight to uni, graduate, maybe go to grad school, start your career. Like When you're not following that path, sometimes it feels like you're in the wrong. But there are so many people who are doing other things, like you're not alone. And even if you were alone or you are alone in this, if you're the only one who's decided to do something different. Just fucking rock it. Like, believe in yourself. Believe in what you're doing. Make your time out of school or just in general worth it. As long as you're always working towards something and you've got goals and you're making yourself happy and you're paying your bills and whatever. You got a good credit score. (laughs) I don't know. Um, As long as you're fulfilling yourself, that's all that matters. And I know that's such an easy thing to say, but honestly, like... Nobody else's opinions matter, even if it's your family or your extended family who are like, so what are you up to? You know, Thanksgiving's coming up. Oh, God, your whole family's like, so you're not in college. (laughs) Is your life going to fall apart? And you're like, yeah, totally. Um, Yeah, it's it's always a little bit of a struggle to do something different, but that's also the the potential for a bigger reward, you know? I'm currently really happy with what I'm doing, even though I still have the intention to go back to school and finish my degree, but I'm feeling very fulfilled in this very moment um, in what I'm doing and what I'm creating, and I'm happy to have the freedom that I've had to be able to travel when I want to or need to, um, be able to work for myself. Like, there are things and experiences... Uh, that I'm gaining a lot from, and I think that that's true for anybody. Um, so yeah, just just do your damn thing, because all that matters is you. <laughs> Cute song. Alright, we're gonna move on to the next question. Um, I have an annoying boy question. How do you stop being a little bitch and get over a guy you only dated for a month, who was perfect in every way, except still in love with his ex? We stop seeing each other because I'm studying abroad, but I can't stop having feelings and keep thinking about what could happen when I come home, even though we haven't talked in a few weeks. My self-respect tells me to run from his emotionally unavailable ass, but my stupid heart is stuck. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I love I love the way that you asked this question, first of all. It's made me laugh. Um, but I, I, I also can totally, totally relate. So basically i mean it it doesn't matter the reason in this situation it's the the guy still wasn't over his ex but regardless of the reason um it sucks when you really fall for someone or you really like someone and you see a potential for your future with them and then it gets cut off so short and prematurely um i can definitely relate to that and it's a terrible feeling to to yeah like feel like it's one sided i feel like in the past i had put so much effort into relationships um, where I felt like I would do anything and a lot of times um, the person that I was with or the person I was seeing wasn't exactly on the same page. Like I could tell they weren't putting 100% in and it's just like, it's a shitty position to feel it. Like, like you're not doing enough even though you're doing everything um, and somehow you still blame yourself, even though it's an issue of the other person. And honestly, yeah, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Sometimes that person doesn't like you as much as you like them. And that's a brutal thing to think. But like, um, yeah, it's hard. It's really hard when you're like, hey, I would put it all on the line for you. I would do anything to make this work. And they're like, "Mm, no. But then again, I think it's a good thing in this situation. Like, I don't know how it went down. But like, The fact that, I mean, I don't know if he told you, like, hey, I'm sorry, but I'm just not over my ex, like, this is not a good time for me to date right now, I can't be getting involved seriously with someone right now, I respect that if he told you, but if you're just, like, suspecting it or that seems to be, like, the sitch, then, you know. Um, I like that, you know, everybody has the right, obviously, to decline a relationship or end it for any reason, but I definitely respect when people are open and honest about why because i think that everyone deserves to at least know why you know and sometimes i don't know maybe there isn't a good reason but anyway um don't be hard on yourself i know what it's like like when you think that somebody could be a really great fit for you and you just aren't given the potential to really explore that um (laughs) you're not being a little bitch um yeah, if somebody's emotionally unavailable, like, there's nothing you can do. And it, don't let yourself be that person who's just waiting around for someone, hoping that they'll, you know, come around someday for you. Like, that's not the type of person that you want to be with. And I know in the moment, it doesn't fucking matter. You would do anything. I know. Even though you know that you shouldn't be doing it, you still do it. Um, but that's that's not your fault. Anyway, um, yeah, it's hard. And it's also kind of like you're... I hate when people say this sometimes, but it's like you're more into the idea of this than the actual person, which I don't know, may or may not be true, but clearly if you're thinking about, you know, the future and what what could possibly happen when you go home, I feel like that kind of is more on the like you're you're into the idea of this working out, you're into the idea of him and you, you know, being able to be together, but you have to focus on like what's reality and um you know, yeah, if he's emotionally unavailable, he's not over his ex, like, you imagining that things will work out or be different when you go home is only going to make you more disappointed, because most likely, it won't work out. I mean, I, I, I hope the best for you. I wish the best for you. Um, if you guys do end up working out, that's wild. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. Good luck. <laughs> And try to, try to keep your heart open and your eyes open, because, you know, that's usually the time where somebody else will come along, and that's always a big surprise, and um, you never know. Or even just enjoy being on your own, because, you know, being on your own is nice sometimes. I get it. Good luck. Good luck to you. Um, Alright, I have another question. What do you do when your boyfriend stops being affectionate? Like, no more spontaneous I love yous or any sort of affection. Um, I have to initiate, but I don't want to be clingy. But he used to be all over me all the time, and now it's like, can you just hold my hand, you know? Boy problems. Um. Oh, man. That's... I don't know. Wow. That's That's worrisome to me because... I mean, I don't know. There, there are definitely a number of things that can be happening in a person's life that will make them be less affectionate. Um, but obviously, communication is the most important thing in a relationship, and especially when you're going through a bit of a rough patch. And I think that a sudden, you know, decrease in affection can be a sign that there's a problem. Um, so it could just be something that he's dealing with, but um, I think it's definitely worth talking to him about and saying like is something up like is something going on with you is there something going on with us like what is the reason that you're not as affectionate as you used to be not that it's a problem like you're allowed to do whatever you want you don't have to be all over me all the time but like i just want us to be on the same page and um if there is a problem like we need to know about it and we need to be able to talk about it together you know so Yeah, that's, that's tough. And it's definitely an uncomfortable situation for you to, you know, want to be affectionate with your boyfriend. That's totally normal. Um, And to kind of feel like you're getting the cold shoulder and not know why. So yes, please, please, please communicate with your boyf and um, figure out what's going on because it has to be like a signal of something. Or, I mean, it could just be, it could be nothing. It could be like, he's just... doesn't want to be touched physically at the moment. I don't know. Again, we all, uh, when you're, when you're thinking about consent, it's funny. Um, I've been, I've been, this is totally at random, but I've been reading some like kind of parenting tips. Like a lot of articles of people like, um, how to raise your son or how to raise your children to, to respect others boundaries. And there's a lot about like, you know, not even forcing your kids to hug you or not forcing your kids to let you kiss them goodnight, you know, like establishing those boundaries with your children so that they can say like, no, I don't want to hug right now. And that's totally fine, because like, even from your parents or family, like, it's nice to be taught that you have control of your body and that you can say no if you're not in the mood for a hug or if you don't want to kiss your grandma on the lips. <laughs> I'm like, if my grandma's listening, no offense, I'm not adding you. <laughs> but seriously, um... Yeah, I mean, who knows? I don't think that that's the situation necessarily with your boyfriend, but, but, like, you never know. Like, sometimes maybe any, like, any person is entitled to at any time be like, you know what? I don't feel like being as affectionate or I just, I'm not feeling this kind of physical contact right now. But again, I think communication is so, so important. Absolutely essential for you to figure out, you know, if there is a route to this, if there is a problem. You got to talk about it. So, good luck. I'm going to take a short break, I think my nose is running, and then we'll continue with more questions! And we're back with more questions. I have a question that says, How do you deal with daily anxiety in college? Also, any tips on self-care? Thanks! Um, So, obviously, I have been out of college for a bit. Um, And my anxiety levels fluctuated a little bit in that time. And I have been thinking a lot, um, because I mean, there are some days where like my mental health is just not great, and I find it difficult to do any of the tasks that I need to do. But I'm lucky currently in that a lot of my deadlines and things aren't strict. So like, if I do need to take a day, I can, but I've been thinking about like, yeah, when I go back to school... I will have to force myself to go to class. Like I'm gonna have to show up and be reliable in that way. Um, and I hope that I hope that my anxiety is improved because I think a lot of my anxiety lately has stemmed out of like being too much in my own head. And I think that the stimulation of going back to school and um, having responsibilities outside of like my room and like videos and very isolating things like this. I think that it'll be good for me, but still, I mean, I, I, I surely will have some kind of struggles that I'll have to deal with. So, um, when I was in college, one thing I had to do was definitely just prioritize like myself, and I know that that can be hard, but like I spent a lot of days, you know, on my own in my dorm room because that's what I felt like I needed. I needed to just be able to chill out. Like I, I couldn't force myself to do social things because, like, for me, I needed to know, like, when I needed a break, I wanted to trust myself and give myself a break. So, a lot of it is just listening to yourself and knowing kind of your triggers. Um, Nathan's calling me right now. What's up, boyfriend? Hello? (laughs) Oh, no. All right, hold on. I'm gonna pause this. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm back. No, no problem. Just Nathan's on the way home from work. Yay! Um, He was singing, and I really wish I kept recording because it was, like, an embarrassing camp song that he doesn't even know the words to. Just would have been really good content for the pod, you know? Um, Anyway, yes, I think the main priority is, like, make yourself a priority. Um, Yes, know your triggers. Don't be afraid to take the personal time or personal days that you need to, because college, you have so much to um, juggle. So also make sure you don't put too much on your plate. Obviously, it's good to challenge yourself, and like you don't want to let yourself be like a total recluse um, or whatever, whatever your anxiety symptoms are. Um, you don't want to give in to that, but you don't want to exacerbate your anxiety by overextending yourself. So, just, you know, I don't know. My favorite self-love is, like, food, always. <laughs> so, like, it's Friday. Are we getting Blaze pizza today? <laughs> Fuck me up. Um, yeah, find, find a couple self-care things that, that help you. I know eating isn't, like, the, the best self-care tip. Obviously, you need to eat all the time anyway. But, um... Sorry, I'm, I'm distracted now, and I, I don't have any good tips. Um, Joanna Spicer actually made a really great video recently um, about her anxiety and depression and how she's been dealing with it, so you should definitely go check that out, because I found a lot of interesting information in that, um, not just your standard, you know, take a bath, <laughs> like, stuff, so check out Joanna's video for useful information instead of my rambling. Um... And yes, here's the question that was, we have 12 years to get control of climate change. What do I do to help the earth? Um, how do I help the earth? <sighs> I, I, It all has to do with our elected officials. Really, like, the, the only way we can make the huge changes that need to be made is on a governmental, like, huge policy, like, planet-wide level. Um, because, unfortunately, individual choices do contribute, but like not as much as corporate decisions can, because they just, they just have so much bigger output. There's so many more emissions, um, and fossil fuel usage and all of that in industry. It's not just in, you know, personal lives. So I don't know. Yeah. Try to, try to campaign, maybe be a little environmental activist, try to get people to realize that, Climate issues need to be addressed by the government, um, but not the government alone. Of course, per- personal choices are very helpful, and that can, that can help you feel better. <laughs> it may not make the, the biggest impact, um, but at least until we can force our governments to make these changes, personal things do help. So yeah, diet, eat less animal products, you know, waste less plastic. All that shit. Sorry, I'm at the end of the podcast where I'm, like, in a rush for no reason, but also because Nathan's coming home and we're going to Starbucks! I'm gonna get my iced latte! My drink lately has been a grande decaf soy vanilla iced latte. Super good. Love it. I spend $5 a day on it. It's it's very expensive. I shouldn't do it. But anyway, whatever. Um... Let's go. I've got more questions. I got a question. How do you leave a job you just started a month ago for another job without being a dick? Here's another thing. Advocating for yourself in a professional sense. You do not owe this job anything. I mean, it kind of sucks because yeah, they went through the time to hire you and perhaps train you. But honestly, it it boils down to like, this is your life. And if you found another better opportunity. They can't hold that against you. So I would say, obviously, definitely give notice. So just go and talk to your boss and write a letter and say, I'm sorry, but I found another offer that is just better for me in a professional sense, or it's just better for me in life. I appreciate the opportunity that you've given me in this job, um, but I will be leaving in two weeks. So that's that. I think, like, just bottom line, the most respectful thing you can do when you're leaving a job is give enough notice. Um, I don't know how it is for, like, nine to five, like, corporate jobs um, (laughs) where you may have to, like, train your replacement or something. I don't know. I'm talking about, like, a a Starbucks. Like, (laughs) so I don't know. It depends what kind of job you're working. But either way, like... I mean the biggest dick move ever is like just not showing up, like being a no-show and being like fuck it, I quit and giving them no notice cuz that fucks over your employer and your coworkers. So, as long as you give some notice like you don't really have to justify it. You're allowed to make whatever um choices that you want. Um I'm looking through the last few questions. few tips for starting working at Starbucks or just the training. Thank you. Um, I loved Starbucks. I miss it a little bit. I think the training is really great. I mean, of course, it depends on your store and who's training you. But I had my best friend in the store was training me. He became my best friend in the store. (laughs) Shout out. Um, Because he was awesome. He was just great. He was fun to work with. He explained things in a really great way. And he really cared about um, training people correctly, and really has a passion for, you know, the coffee. So that's that's very helpful. Um, nothing would be worse than having, like, an apathetic <laughs> trainer who's just like, ah, fuck it, you can do whatever you want, doesn't care to teach you right. Um, I think that applies to any job. But I enjoyed the Starbucks training. I'm really glad that it's relatively thorough, especially compared to other kind of, like, food service or you know, those kind of jobs. I've worked in jobs where they trained me for, like, two days. And then they're like, oh, well, go ahead. And I'm like, what? I don't know what's going on. Like, Starbucks is very thorough. So I think just enjoy it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, literally, just enjoy it. You're getting paid, what? It's, like, 20 hours of training. So, like, you know, take as much of it as you can. Ask questions. Don't be scared. It's fun. There are a lot of things that are that are fun about the training. Um, and just know, like, like, yeah, don't be afraid to ask questions to anybody. Even when you're done training and you're, like, new, um, it's very, very normal for new baristas um, to ask a lot of questions. Because that's better than fucking up and not asking a question and just, like, trying to give someone a shitty drink. Just ask and it's fine. Everyone should happily be able to help you. Um, how do I wait out a bad haircut? I'm, like, at me. <laughs> I'm about to chop my hair off and I'm very excited about it, but I'm currently growing out my bangs so I can relate. Um, bad haircuts are bad. I can't tell if this person, oh, it's a girl. Okay. I didn't know if it was a boy because I assume boy haircuts are a little bit different. I'm like, put a beanie on, wear a hat, um, but ugh, a bad haircut. The thing is, some haircuts can be salvaged. It's annoying to get a bad haircut or give yourself a bad haircut and then have to pay to have it fixed. But sometimes it's worth it, Um, so I would consider that. If it's something where you don't want to cut your hair anymore, or it's just whatever, you just need to wait it out. um, Look online, try to find some tutorials, some little styles that you can use. Luckily it is about to get cold, so I guess like hats and stuff, beanies are in your favor. Yeah, a bad haircut is never fun. And growing out my bangs, it's not the worst. I'm not having a terrible time, but they're just, like, annoying to me. So, anyway, mostly I I feel you, and uh, I hope your hair grows fast. Do whatever you can to to keep your follicles healthy. (laughs) I wish the, the fastest hair growth upon you. Um... I have a question. I have a huge-ass crush on my best friend, but I don't want to ruin our relationship by telling him. Ooh, what a classic sitch. I've actually... I don't think I've ever been in this situation, which is pretty shocking. Um, I feel like it's such a common thing. I've had a best friend who had a crush on me, like, in high school... And he was literally, like, one of my best friends. Still love him. Um, but he had a big crush on me. But we were very open about it. And it was kind of funny. Um, but, like, it was a little bit uncomfortable. Because, obviously, it sucks. Like, you know, you two want different things. But in this situation, you don't know if your best friend perhaps has a crush on you, too. But it's your best friend. I'm stressed. I'm like, everyone leave leave suggestions in the comments. Because I don't know how to deal with this. Um, again, I haven't been through this. But... I'm always on the side of just being straightforward, so I may give you an annoying answer like, just tell him. But it definitely matters how you tell him and how you approach it, and you don't want to come on too strong and scare him. But I think he is your best friend, he knows you, um, and you could just, I don't know, if you're on the little topic of, you know, if you're crushing on anybody, just be like, I don't want this to make things weird, which may right away make things weird. But it depends how your relationship is. If you're usually kind of flirty, I don't know. Maybe that will help. Maybe it won't. I don't know. Um, Yeah, I just think honesty and being straightforward is good. I I mean, I don't know. It, it really also depends on um, what you want out of this. Would you see yourself like dating? Do you think that that could happen? Because Everyone knows, like, the risk is always, like, do you want to potentially ruin the friendship if you guys do try it out and then you, like, date for a bit and you break up? Like, I don't know. You never know. But also, risk it for the biscuit. <laughs> I should never say that. I feel like I've said that multiple times on this podcast. Not this episode, but just in general. Um, But again, though, I feel like, you know, I, I wouldn't... If this, is, if this is a serious crush and you really think that things could work for you guys, um... I think it's worth telling him and at least seeing what he says and what his reaction is. Um, Because I would feel, it would be so annoying. That crush would never go away if I never told them, you know? So I feel like at least put yourself out there and then maybe, maybe if things go bad, which I'm not hoping that it will, if things maybe go bad and he doesn't like you back, maybe that'll help you get over it. And then if things do go well and he likes you too, then you get to... To explore that so i don't know good luck good luck to you um i've got some more questions but i think i will keep them for later on so thank you guys so much for sending in questions on instagram if you've listened all the way to the end of the podcast as always thank you so much and um I have had a few new reviews on iTunes, so if you've listened to this whole episode, even if you're watching on YouTube, can you please go over to iTunes and leave a review for the pod? I love hearing your kind words. I like seeing my ratings even out. Every good four or five star rating really boosts my confidence because there's a couple twos and threes out there. That are that are bringing down my average and it, it hurts my feelings. Now I think my I think the podcast still rated like a five, but I just want my ego stroked. That's all I'm saying. All right, I love you guys. Thank you so much. Stay tuned for for the next pod. Bye. <laughs> okay thanks. bye.